You know, I'll start by telling you that one of the things that I love about working with Juana and that I've always admired is that Juana is one of the few companies out there that I know that is truly a bootstrapped organization from the standpoint that they've never taken on investors in, in debt and they've never attempted to go public. And, and so many companies have, have done that. We've grown organically and we've become even out positive just with the dollars that we've earned. So I really like that fact and it creates a level of stability and strength at the company. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on Raising Cannabis Capital, we are going to be talking edibles with Joe Hodes, the Chief Marketing Officer at Wana Brands. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, although i got to be honest, I thought you said we were going to be eating edibles. That's really why I was part of this. Is that not... Not true. No, oh, just talking about it. Okay, I can do that too. We probably should have started earlier if we wanted to. If we wanted to do an interview, <laughs> we could have started that, and then we would have had a really interesting interview. <laughs> no, I'm glad you could join us today, though, because you're, you know, one of the rare people who have real, true C-suite, high-level cannabis executive experience, from being one of the drivers at Dixie to CEO at GoFire, COO at General Cannabis, and now you're the CMO at Wana Brands. I mean, really, you're like in a rare club. There aren't many people that can, you know, say that they are true cannabis executives. Either that or I'm a guy who can't hold down a job. I'm not, I'm not sure which. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. It, it is hard for me to believe sometimes it's been seven years now that I've been in this crazy business. It's been an interesting experience from every every angle. Yeah, I say you have seen a lot, especially, you know, being, being from this area. But, you know, I guess with your vast experience, we could talk about so many different things. But with our short time, I'd like to really focus on edibles. And I didn't realize this. I read it from BDS Analytics that Wanda Brands is the number one edible brand in America. You know, that's yeah. really impressive. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. I wish I could take credit for it. They accomplished that before I even got there, but I'm going to hopefully not lose that. And in fact, if anything, capitalize on that. But it is a, a big deal because for a number of reasons. One, for an organization like BDSA to even exist, they can now designate a company and say they are the, yeah. the number one uh, animals company is, is a huge step in the right direction for us as an industry. But secondarily, knowing that we've now at least achieved a level of familiarity within multiple markets is, is really rewarding to us. Oh, for sure. And you I mean, like you said, there are so many edible brands. To be number one at anything is great. But in the, you know, in that space, that is truly impressive. Let's jump into it and talk a little bit about, start right off with how did the COVID crisis impact your business? You know, it's interesting. You can answer that question, obviously, from a number of different angles. You can talk about it from the internal and the employee perspective. You can talk about it from the external consumer and sales perspective. You know, I would say now that we're however many months into it that we are, yeah. we're achieving a level of, I don't want to use the word normalcy because that gets overused quite a bit, but we've seen sales come back like in sort of March, April, May timeframe. It was really like a roller coaster. So we've seen these ups and downs, but I'd say over the last, see much more of a steady state that is recognizable to our normal sales patterns. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard that same thing from a number of different people, but I also heard a lot of talk about a spike. It's funny they would say two big spikes were toilet paper and cannabis. And I know the toilet paper industry saw a little bit of a dip afterwards because, you know, let's face it, you can only use so much toilet paper. From what I <laughs> from what I heard, you didn't see that same sales dip with edibles. 
Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't want to say that we didn't see a dip because I can tell you that there were definitely some weeks in there that were off fairly significantly, you know, 30 to 40 percent from where we normally would be in that month. That said, I would call them temporary. And it was also hard to know because it was in some cases a boomerang to, let's say, that week in March. That was our best week ever, right? So yeah. you see these these massive spikes. And of course, like your toilet paper analogy, people aren't going to hoard up cannabis and then consume it all in one day. It goes over a period of time. So that's why I say I think we're beginning to see some level of normalcy so that we see the spikes and troughs that we've seen in the past couple of months. So with this new normalcy, do you feel like it's, you know, you came out of it maybe at a little, little higher level than we were when we went into it, or we were right around where we were? I would say we're coming out of it right now in, in a little bit uh, higher level. We're seeing some momentum. You know, you expect as this industry continues to grow that you'd expect to see year-over-year growth. So we're tracking to now where we believe our estimates were going to take us. So mm-hmm. I think we're we're seeing a, a, a uplift from where we were a year ago. That's And that's good news. That's really good news. Yeah, but I want to say... We also know very well that we are nowhere near through this crisis. We continue to see different states, different economies kind of going up and down related to closures and whatnot. And of course, with new states spiking right now, it's it's hard to know what the future holds. But we're pretty happy with where we are currently. You know, speaking of new states, this may be a driver to opening up some of those new states. I mean, you guys are in a lot of states as it is, but have you felt any momentum in some of these states that you're not in or maybe states that you're only partially in? Well, I'll say there are no states that we are partially in because we are, (laughs) one of the things I love about WANA is that we are 100% in. When we go into a market, we're going to own that market. That's our intent. We have seen really strong numbers out of our out-of-state markets, our non-Colorado markets um, that have been really great. And of course, those numbers are, entirely relevant to the different environments that you're in. Colorado is a mature market, so you have different cycles here than, let's say, in Oklahoma, where we would expect to see numbers that continue to ramp up as we get more patients into the system and as more people get access to the brand through dispensaries. So that would make sense. You know, in other markets like Ohio and, and Illinois, though, have continued to really be strong. Illinois went adult use in January, so that's made a big difference there in that market. So each market is so unique and different. But expanding is absolutely part of our plan, not only for the rest of this year, but well into the future. We're in eight states currently. We'll be adding another two plus Canada, hopefully, by the end of the year. Wow, Canada. That's interesting. Yeah. So how do you do that in Canada? Do you have a licensing agreement with somebody up there? Yes. Same way we do it, really, in the States, in that we have a partner in Diva up there who will be manufacturing and distributing the product for us in Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay. That'll be a great market. How about outside of North America? Is, is there any opportunities in other parts of the world? Well, there are opportunities, certainly. But in terms of uh, ones actively pursuing, no, not at the moment. Canada is, is as far out of uh, the United States as we're getting at this point. And, and part of the reason is not so much because we don't think that Europe or, or some of these other markets are, are potentially good for us. More so, there's so much to do here and so much opportunity here that we kind of want to make sure that we get that really solid and then look at maybe some less defined markets that are in Europe and, and elsewhere, South America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Stay somewhat small and have it all. As long as you're number one, why would you, you know, why jeopardize that? That's a good strategy. I'm not sure if I've asked you this in the past, but is, is it all organic growth or have you done acquisitions? All organic. Whoa. Any interest yeah. in, in acquisitions? 
you know, uh, certainly we've, we've talked about it on the executive team and with the market being kind of a little bit weird and rocky right now, it seems like for stronger companies, that might be a good time to take advantage of a merger or an acquisition. But I think it would need to be something really compelling and really aligned with our strategic goals to, to make it worthwhile. Because again, we have, we have so much opportunity and so much to do with kind of what's on our plate currently that I think to use capital for an acquisition right now would not necessarily make us. Okay. You mentioned capital and, and the show's name is Raising Cannabis Capital. So is there any opportunity or will there be any opportunity for investors to uh, you know, <laughs> maybe join in on this number one position? Well, you know, I'll start by telling you that one of the things that I love about working with Wana and that I've always admired is that Wana is one of the few companies out there that I know that is truly a bootstrapped organization from the standpoint that they've never taken on investors in, in debt and they've never attempted to go public. And you know, so many companies have, have done that. We've grown organically and we've become even out positive just with the dollars that we've earned. So. Yeah. I really like that fact, and it creates a level of stability and strength, I think, for the company. So the shorter answer to your question is, no, we are not actively seeking capital. But, of course, with the world changing as it does on a, on a pretty regular basis, who knows what the future holds, but for right now, we're pretty well set. Well, definitely, if anything changes, we'll definitely have you back on, because I know there'd be a lot of interest from our listeners, that's for sure. And I'll have all of Joe's information and Wana Brands information in the show notes and at mjbulls.com. So, you know, maybe if somebody wants to just throw an inquiry out there, either for an acquisition or for maybe an investment, you never know. Just going to say you never know because, you know, this, this world is full of different surprises and opportunities are so always open for the discussion. Joe, thanks for being on the show today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.